And mm-hmm. this is where therapy can help, yes. either pre-holidays, mm-hmm. post, yes. or both. And as right. a matter of fact, <laughs> if you can bring your therapist <laughs> to dinner and say, she can say, see what I'm talking about! Welcome back to Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian, episode 78, the holiday edition as we kick off the holidays. As we tape, it is the day before Thanksgiving, the hustle and bustle about to start. So what you really need with all of that potential stress, and then let's not forget about, too, that seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. How about a mental health therapist like Courtney Kelly, who sits alongside me? I, a longtime patient, so I take a look at things from the other side. And Courtney, I have to imagine that this time of year may be one of your busiest in terms of all of the people who get freaked out about certain things, Mm -hmm. depressed, and probably a lot more that I don't even know. Yeah, this is a really tough time. I mean, the holidays can be amazing and a lot of fun, but for a lot of people, very challenging. And I know it's very challenging for you in certain ways. We're going to talk about that too. But I have a lot of clients who deal with trauma, background, PTSD, social anxiety, recovery from drug and alcohol use, maybe having eating issues depression, anxiety, there's all sorts of stuff that can come into play when you're around some triggers that the holiday can be, especially if you've had losses. People get very upset around the holidays. They miss the people that they love who have maybe passed on. So there's a lot of things to consider. And I really think it's important to do a show like this around the holidays to kind of give some people some perspective on this, maybe some ways of coping, and also to help people who are friends or family of people who struggle to help them to understand it better and to maybe have some more patience with this because that's what I find as well is that some of my clients are struggling. They're telling me that their relatives get upset with them because they're like, hey, it's the holiday season. You should be in a happy mood. Let's go do this, that, and the other. I know you smile in recognition because people want to drag you everywhere during the holidays. Why not? Because you're fantastic and they want to show you off. However, that is not fun for you. What they don't realize is you're pouring gasoline on the fire. Mm -hmm. You are challenging my misery and dismissing it in some ways. And that only gets me more upset. And if it's not misery, it's depression. And if it's not depression, it's anxiety. Now, you spoke to some of the challenges and struggles that I have in general. I was just saying to my wife yesterday, Thanksgiving traditionally, the only holiday that I like because Mm -hmm. there's no gift giving. So financially, especially if you're not hosting, it's not really a big deal. Mm -hmm. You don't have the stress of rushing around unless you are preparing the meal. And again, that's never going to happen in my world. The only thing I don't like about it is the social component because of my social anxiety. But where things really become a problem for me is Christmas. I hate Christmas and my wife hates that I hate Christmas Mm. because of all of the things that I just said. The financial burden, just so many commitments in terms of stops that you have to make and people that you have to remember to buy for and Mm -hmm. the stress of, oh my God, this person got me a gift. I didn't get anything. Should I get something for this person? The hustle bustle to me is not fun. Decorating not fun. None of it. I can't stand it. But Thanksgiving is also different this year for me because last year was the first Thanksgiving without my mom. But in some ways, I didn't really notice it as much as I would have otherwise, Courtney, because of the pandemic. We couldn't go anywhere and spend time with any family at all. So it was just my wife, the boy, and myself all at home. And to me, it was glorious because I didn't have to socialize. I still had the meal. It was the worst Thanksgiving she's ever had. She called it one of the worst days of her life. Wow. She was sobbing uncontrollably for the entire day. And clearly, with my mood, I wasn't there for her. (laughs) But this 
year, it's a game changer because this feels like the first Thanksgiving without my mom. And I'm going to great lengths to try to not make it about me, but to instead make it about my father, Mm -hmm. who his assisted living facility has decided that even this year, they're not allowing people to visit and have dinner with the tenants there. And he said to me, "Uh, I'll just have dinner. I'll do it by myself. Don't worry about it. To which I said, you are absolutely not staying there by yourself. What I'm going to do is I'm going to order a Thanksgiving dinner from a restaurant, take it out, you'll come to my house, and then when we're done eating, we're going to take a trip to the cemetery, and we're going to go visit mom Mm -hmm. and share Thanksgiving with her. Now, I know I'm doing the right thing, and that makes me feel good, and I'm looking forward to it because it gets me out of other obligations, (laughs) and I'd rather just spend time with my dad, make sure he has a good day. However, the stress for me comes from this area. How is he going to handle it? Mm -hmm. Because he even said to me, as the holidays have been getting closer, I know I've already spent a year without her for the holidays, but I'm still having just as hard a time. How is he going to do at the cemetery? How am I going to need to be there for him? Am I going to do the right thing? Am I going to say the right thing? And we all know this is how anxiety works, and I can't start thinking that way. That's an unhealthy pattern. I just have to deal with it in the moment Mm -hmm. and try to do my best and realize that in the big picture, I'm doing the right thing here, and that's what needs to be my focus. Right, and focus also on the fact that you have been around him, you have helped him through a lot, you do say the right things. It's your presence. It's really not even about what you say. It's just saying, yeah, Dad, I know it's a tough time, and just being there is the thing that's going to mean so much to him. So that little gremlin voice in your head that starts telling you, oh, I'm going to say the wrong thing, I'm going to do the wrong thing, you tell him, thank you so much for advising me, but I don't need your help with this. (laughs) You can just move on right now, and don't try to give it too much of your attention, because you do know how to comfort. And similar to what you're saying, I just so happened to read Carolyn Hax's column yesterday, Mm -hmm. and this plays into exactly what you just said. There was somebody who said, I have a co-worker who has a terminal illness, who can't even answer emails at this point, but really loves receiving them. I didn't know this person all that well. What do I say Mm -hmm. when contacting the person? And she said just that. It's not so much about what you are saying. And she gave some advice, but she said, it's more the gesture. And she said, it can also be more about the consistency of it. Mm -hmm. Try to learn a little bit more about this person. Maybe if you had an inside joke around the office, say something about that. Find out his or her favorite sports team. Make a comment about that. Because the fact that you are making the effort is what's going to make that person feel good. We all get so tied up and I'm so afraid of offending. And that's really not on their radar unless you say something really stupid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which sometimes when you get nervous, that is possible. Mm -hmm. But especially in that instance, when you have a chance to sit down and write it and reread it, just doing that is doing the right thing. And just be yourself. Like sometimes if I'm anxious or nervous about something, I just throw it out there. Like if I have to do a big speech or something, I'm just like, wow, I'm really nervous. Let's see how this goes. I like to make a joke about it and just throw it out there. So you can say that when you're in certain situations where you're feeling uncomfortable and just be like, I don't know what to say. And the person might say, you don't need to say anything. Just hold my hand. That's the thing. We build it up so much bigger in our head than it needs to be. And just the presence is the most important. Or take the George Costanza approach. If your every impulse and instinct is wrong, do the (laughs) opposite. opposite. (laughs) With conviction. Exactly. Chicken salad. (laughs) But I think that's important to note that a lot of times, and they're well-intentioned, like you said, people around you are well-intentioned. They want you to enjoy the holidays. They want you to enjoy yourself. But sometimes we say maybe the thing that's kind of upsetting to someone or we're minimizing how they feel because there are a lot of people who do struggle around this time during the holidays. And we have a lot of people on Instagram 
Instagram and on Facebook. Oh, it's jolly. I'm doing this. I'm making cookies. Everything's coming up roses. And it can make us feel badly, too. So some of the people that are around us, maybe if we're having a rough time, just to acknowledge that and say, hey, what can I do? Is there anything I can do to make things a little easier for you? Or, hey, can we talk about something else? Maybe I talk to them about something else, but I find another friend who loves the holidays to talk to them about it rather than talking to the person who struggles with it. Try to find outlets in different ways rather than trying to pressure the person who's having trouble with the holidays. And to further drive home the point about loss, I have mentioned this in the past. I have a very dear childhood friend who lost his wife recently Mm -hmm. after 20 years of marriage and too young to lose Mm -hmm. her. She went fairly quickly. And he did tell me the thing that hurts him the most is the avoidance. How people are so afraid to say anything Mm -hmm. to him because that doesn't give him the opportunity to try to say something back and maybe process it himself. So anytime you have any hesitation on that front, I would say think about just that. Another interesting thing you and I discussed on our radio show recently, Courtney, was breakups around the holiday season Mm -hmm. and what a toll that can take. And the topic that we had was, is it better to break up with the person before the holidays Mm -hmm. or better to do it after them? And we took a lot of calls and a lot of people said, ah, it's better to do it before. Why buy them a gift? (laughs) But for me, if I had the option and I didn't know it was coming, I don't want my holidays ruined before during and after. And after. <laughs> Just ruin after. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But I'm sure people who do get it before, mm-hmm. who then have to spend the holidays alone, I mean, you're already reeling from that, yeah. and now you're being forced into a social situation, and there is a time where you're so wounded, or depending on your personality, maybe you don't want to talk about it, and everybody's trying to talk to you about it, and that just ratchets your stress level up that much more. Because everybody says, oh, we're so-and-so, oh. what happened? All of these questions, and you can say, okay, well, this is a challenging, difficult time and try to limit set with people that you give them kind of just a line and say, you know what, I'll talk about it later. I don't really want to talk about it now because that's a lot of pressure when you go to different events. Maybe it's a work event, maybe it's a family event and people are kind of like, oh my gosh, what's going on? People whispering about things and that kind of thing. It's really tough, but be kind to yourself. Give yourself compassion. Understand that this is not an ideal situation and it's very hurtful. Maybe do some limit setting and this goes for anyone with the holidays. And I like how you do it. You'll say, okay, I'll give you three hours. A certain amount of time at events. And to me, actually, Brian, I think three hours is pretty generous. So I give you props on that. Especially since three hours is never three hours. Exactly. (laughs) Because your wife goes and grabs another cup of coffee. And we know how that goes. She loves her coffee. So I tell clients when you're having a rough time with the holidays, or maybe you're triggered by certain people from the past that you see at these holiday gatherings, make sure to limit your time and say, okay, I'm going to give it an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. But if you start to feel uncomfortable and you're like, you know what, this isn't working out for me, then I need to leave and give yourself permission for that. But really don't make yourself feel like you have to stay when everybody else is there for however long. No, you don't. You don't have to put any expectations on yourself that are unrealistic. Stick to those limits. And similar to the breakup situation, another time where I have been really stressed out going to a holiday gathering is if I had lost a job and I was having trouble finding another one. And the last thing that I wanted to talk about was Mm. my job. How's the job search going? Any progress? Things of that nature. And again, that's on a case by case (laughs) basis because maybe some people do want to talk about it. Maybe some people want to network on some level. They want to network. But that's not me. Mm -hmm. However, with the loss thing, I think I'd be more willing to 
talk about it. Mm-hmm. The breakup thing, less willing. But again, Courtney, as with all of these things, it's never one size fits all. No, it's very individual. So what one person is willing to talk about, someone else may have a hard time with. So being aware of what triggers you, what your triggers are, what they have been, maybe what they are right now. Maybe there's something different and new. Like you said, if there was a job loss and you don't want people asking you about that. But being aware of that and figuring out ways of they're having an exit plan if you're out somewhere or practicing some self-compassion on a daily basis. Like we really need to take care of ourselves during the holidays instead of just kind of immersing ourselves in all these different things. Pick and choose what you're going to be a part of and what resonates with you. I always tell people, figure out if there's a tradition that means something to you that you want to be a part of or create something new. And maybe it has to do with just being with one other person or two people, but not to be in this huge groups because a lot of times that's what happens at the holidays. But yeah, it's really important to have a healthy routine around all of this and make sure you're eating okay, you're exercising, maybe getting out in nature. That's a big one so that you can de-stress and feel more connected and finding things that help you to feel calm. And we've talked about this with meditation and different things with relaxation, but it's really important, especially around the holidays, to make sure that you are following a daily routine. In fact, I talk to my clients all the time right now and say, what's your daily routine? What kind of things are you sticking to? Because the consistency is the thing that's really important and you need to give back to yourself when you're feeling stressed. And this is a time that can be stressful. And here's a potential slippery slope that people need to consider. My wife has a friend who was just talking about her Thanksgiving plans this year. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, I'm not going to be able to be with my fiance because I have to go be with my family. And my mom is so controlling and her cooking Mm -hmm. is terrible. It's so bland. And I have a sister and no matter how happy we are, she's so miserable and she's not happy unless she's making the rest of us miserable. So my solution, time to have some wine. And I can tell you from experience that that can work up to a certain point. Mm -hmm. But I have also had this experience. When I was coming off of my divorce years ago, I was hitting the bottle pretty heavily at a holiday gathering to the extent that I eventually had to be driven home. I didn't remember much and I woke up the next day hungover and unbelievably embarrassed. And the other problem with alcohol too is some people drink and they start to get angry. So if you are trying to tamp things down because there's somebody who's annoying you with their political opinions or the advice that they're giving you that you don't want, maybe one or two glasses of wine will make it a little bit easier, but three or four might cause a major fight. Right. And I know there's the temptation there is to try to escape what's happening in front of you. And that's what happens. Thanksgiving, Christmas time. And I tell people this too. Why is it that when we walk into that house again with all our siblings and parents and stuff, it's like we revert back to being like 12 again? (laughs) Because that's what happens. It's the old family dynamics that start to creep up. We're like fully functioning adults in the world when we're not at that house. But all of a sudden we go into these dynamics and we fall into it. And that's what can happen. It's very stressful. People reach for things that are unhealthy. Maybe they're overeating. Maybe they're overindulging with drinking. And then what happens? We can't go to wise mind when we're drinking like that. So we say things that we didn't want to say. Things start to come out and it can cause a lot of problems. I talk to people about if you find your allies when you go to a party or when you go to a holiday gathering, is it the cousin that you love to hang out with? Is there somebody else that can give you some positivity? Go gravitate toward them. If somebody starts aggravating you, go take a break. Say, oh, got to go outside for a few minutes. (laughs) Go take a walk around the block. Figure out some other ways to cope. And then again, limit set. Do not feel that you need to stay there all day. And how often do we say this? Most of your mental health issues are established in your childhood. Mm -hmm. And so you get back in a room with that same sitcom (laughs) cast (laughs) that was with you 
when all of that was starting with all of their own issues and all of their passive aggressiveness Mm -hmm. and the things that trigger you. And it really can be at times a recipe for disaster. And I have to laugh, Brian, because one of my favorite shows right now is called The Morning Show and it's on Apple Apple TV. TV. And Jennifer Aniston is on a morning show and she's talking to her co-host Reese Witherspoon and Reese is talking all about her family. Oh, my family's crazy and da da da. And Jennifer Aniston says, everyone's family is crazy. You know why? Because families are made up of people. And I was like, I love that line. And I heard it. I go, I got to use that in the podcast because it's so true. This is what happens. We all have our craziness, right? We all have our mess. We all have our stuff. And even if we present to the world as very put together people, who can bring us down? A lot of times it's family because it brings up old wounds, old issues, and we got to watch out for that. It's like that line that I love from Seinfeld. Jerry just says at one point, people, they're the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Sometimes we're the worst. Sometimes we're the best. But sometimes the holidays can bring out stuff that just gives us so much stress. And that's why people get so worked up. And Mm -hmm. this is where therapy can help. Either pre-holidays, post, or both. And as a matter of fact, (laughs) if you can bring your therapist (laughs) to dinner and say, she can say, say what I'm talking about. We need to do some healthy limit setting. (laughs) need to do some need sharing. And that's the other thing, too. Sharing what you need. Telling the people around you. Like when you go with your wife and you tell her, listen, this is how long I can stay. (laughs) This is my plan. You're sharing your needs, Brian. And that's really important because at this point, if you're pushing it down and not letting her know how you feel, you may blow, right? I mean, you may anyway. But <laughs> I probably will. Because if she's on her fourth cup of coffee, oh, let's just leave after my cup of coffee. <laughs> if on my fourth glass of wine. <laughs> exactly. You might say something that you regret. But it's definitely important to let people know what's going on. Let your family know. Let the kids know, right? If you suffer from PTSD and you're getting triggered and you're having issues, don't let the kids be confused as to what's happening. Educate them. Educate your family on what you're feeling and what you're going through and let them know so they can be an advocate for you and they can help you. And here's where you really know if your family is horrible. Let's just say hypothetically you are able to bring your therapist <laughs> your family is to horrible. get a front row seat to everything that's going on. If by the end of the night your therapist is hammered, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't take any more of this. <laughs> then you're in real trouble. Oh my goodness. So just to kind of recap a couple of things, like I said, exercising, keeping a journal, kind of getting your feelings out, maybe doing something like, okay, I'm going to go to this gathering, but then I'm going to go home, kick off my shoes and watch my favorite comedies to get yourself back in a good mood. Giving yourself a break, doing some limit setting. The other thing that I thought was really great, finding the way to some meaning in the holidays. So like when you were talking about Christmas being really tough for you and you don't like it for a variety of reasons, but maybe finding something that brings you some meaning through that. Like you love your family and you love your wife. Maybe there's something that you can establish as a little tradition that makes you look forward to part of that holiday. And the other thing is, is finding meaning through volunteering. Now, a lot of people do this too. They have a rough time. They don't want to go to the family's house for things. So they volunteer somewhere at a soup kitchen or putting out meals or putting together donations and stuff like that. Sitting with people, telling stories. There's all sorts of things that we can do all year round, but especially in the holiday season that can help us to feel more meaning. And the volunteering is so important. And let me give a piece of advice that we use in my household to try to make it a little bit easier for me, and we established this years ago. On Christmas morning, when we get up, the boy Mm -hmm. opens all of his presents. And then, for me, the nightmare begins. We have some people over for breakfast. We're making multiple stops. Mm -hmm. I'm hating every second of it. I can't wait for it to end. However, when you deal with depression, anxiety, or anything else, 
what do we always say? Give yourself something to look forward to. Yes. So you know what we do? Mm-hmm. At the end of the night is when my wife and I exchange our gifts. Nice. So I just focus on that mm-hmm. and look forward to that moment and say, when is it going to get here? <laughs> and it that's coming soon? <laughs> when I finally know yes. that the trauma is behind me. It's mm-hmm. in the rear view. And it is something that does help, maybe only a little bit, but it's something to shoot for. And that. another thing I want to ask you about, Corny, because this is a huge struggle that I have, and I don't know if other people have this as well. The holiday week is an enormous vacation week. Mm -hmm. And I find myself getting very frazzled, angry, and upset because I value my vacation time more than you can possibly imagine. And if anything doesn't feel like a vacation, Mm -hmm. it's that week. I am so exhausted. I'm stressed. I'm angry. I'm running around like an idiot. I'm not relaxing. And then I start taking it out on my wife. What do you have for me there? Plus, I also know that that's the last vacation that I'm getting Mm -hmm. until maybe about July. I don't get a day off until Memorial Day after that. And the stress of that also starts Mm -hmm. to get to me. Well, maybe it's not a good week for you to take vacation, even though I know in radio. In the radio world, it's kind of required. But what I kind of like to do, and I have less time than you, but what I do is I break it up. Like if you take a long weekend Mm -hmm. or so if you were able to save a couple of those days and look forward to like a long weekend at a different point where you could go away and there's no holidays and there's no expectation on stuff like that, that may give you something to look forward to and you'd get more out of those days than what you're getting during a very stressful time. Here's where that doesn't work for me. You know how every week at the end of the week you're like, oh my God, the week went by so fast. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about at all. But I always tell you, the weekends for me go by in the blink of an eye. And even nine days off goes by in the blink of an eye. So to me, three days off, it's not enough. (laughs) He's like, it's not enough for me, lady. Well, the other thing, too, is some of this is kind of reframing some of this during that week, looking at things a little differently, maybe doing some of the things you need to do for holidays a little earlier, like as far as if you need to do some shopping, kind of rearranging that week for yourself so it's not all about what you need to do for the holidays. But also, just like we talked about, having things that you look forward to, not letting each day just slide into the next with the same stuff that you have going on, having things that you look forward to so that you can go for a day trip somewhere. You get out of your environment because maybe some of that is triggering going out and there's a million people, everybody's on vacation. So it's too much. So it's getting yourself out of that environment for a little bit and maybe shaking it up that way. And that can be the problem with opposites attract. You know, Mm -hmm. I am with an extrovert and I'm an introvert. So everything that she loves about that week, I hate and vice versa. Right. Take last Thanksgiving, for example, Mm -hmm. where we just can't get on the same page at all. But I think what you're saying is try to find some common ground. Right. love each other for a reason. Exactly. (laughs) And I tell this to couples all the time. You can't get everything from that other person. She's not going to get all the holiday ho, ho, ho and happy, joyous stuff from you. She needs to go look for it from somewhere else because that's not your thing. There's plenty of things that you can help and provide for her. And so the same thing is, is you might not get that from her, some of that empathy. You might need to call your friends and be like, yeah, holidays are terrible and kind of kvetch with them about that. That's the thing is we can't get everything from that one person. So on some things, we just have to agree to disagree and give ourselves space and say, that's okay. Why don't you go out with the guys and go have fun? Blow off some steam in that way. And that could be a thing you look forward to during the holiday week. And it's kind of funny, too. When I was talking about my Thanksgiving plans this year, my father is feeling so much guilt. He's like, I hate to keep you away from your wife and her family. I'm like, Dad, believe me, you're doing them a favor.
favor. <laughs> and you're kind of doing me a favor. <laughs> Let's just keep that on the well, deal. Well, the beautiful thing is you love all of them, but you like small. Like you well, don't as want I always big say, scale. They're not the problem. Yeah. I'm the problem. Yeah. I'm the one with the issues. This has nothing to do with anything that right. they're doing. Right. This is just a situation that makes me uncomfortable mm-hmm. because I have issues that I need to work on. Right. And a lot of times people, I think, don't really necessarily believe that. But believe me when I tell you that is mm-hmm. the case. Yeah. And sometimes it's true. We do need to challenge ourselves and we need to step out of our comfort zone. But we need to find that balance where sometimes it's like maybe it's not necessary. And for this year, I think that's a beautiful thing that it's just going to be you and your dad and there's going to be a lot of bonding there. And that's an awesome thing, especially after having such a devastating loss that you two can come together and just kind of comfort each other and just enjoy each other's company. But I also want to say from experience, too, if you do that kind of thing too much and if I blow off my wife's family too much, I did that in the first marriage Mm -hmm. and that really started to become a problem. problem. You can do it in dribs and drabs, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you just have to do things for your partner. And she hates to hear that because she's like, well, then I'm just sitting there and I'm stressed out because I know you're not having a good time. But I say, just make it enough to know that I'm doing it for you because I love you. And it's not fair for me. I know I'm insane. I know that this isn't how normal people act. So I'm making the sacrifice willingly. Mm -hmm. I'm not sitting there resenting you for it and resenting everybody else in the room. I'm just trying to do the right thing. Exactly. And that's what it comes down to is balance and understanding one another and not trying to feel like you have to force yourself all the time. Sometimes you do have to kind of push yourself for some of those events. But again, taking care of yourself while you do it. And she understands because you've explained this to her. She's been with you for a long while. She understands. And I think you both work well together on that. So it's giving you both props for that and saying, okay, you're both doing a great job. And as I've said to her, if you can only have a good time when I'm having a good time, I don't enjoy anything. (laughs) Basically, anytime you're with me, by definition, I'm miserable. So just forget about me and focus on you. Right. And the other thing is, too, I wanted to mention putting up some ways of coping. And I know you guys do this when you start to feel really tensed up about things. You guys go for a walk. Mm -hmm. You and your wife take a walk, stuff like that. Thinking about things that you're looking forward to, thinking about things that can help you cope, maybe making a list. And I just had somebody do this the other day. Put it on your refrigerator on a big fluorescent sticky note or something where you can see it. It's right there. It's a go-to. Like, okay, I need to do my meditation. Okay, I need to go for a walk. I need to do my exercise. I need to do my deep breathing. Whatever it is that you can do for coping, call a friend, support, stuff like that. Put it somewhere that you see it because a lot of times we keep blowing ourselves off. We don't pay attention. Like we're not feeling so well, but we're not reaching out either. So putting something up can give us that alert of, hey, I need to do something to help myself right now. And I think the thing there too to take away from that is don't always do something out of obligation and to Mm -hmm. appease other people. You also need to, and not always, but sometimes take care of yourself as well. Self-compassion, being kind to yourself, not trying to beat yourself up for things that you have a hard time doing. Give yourself a nudge trying to figure out ways that you can reframe it. Like sometimes when you go out, you probably look at it like, okay, instead of focusing on all the reasons why you don't want to go, you think about how much this will mean to your wife. I can deal with this for a couple hours. Trying to do some positive self-talk. I can get through this. If it's really rough, I'll just go outside, call a friend, and we'll just have a little chat on the phone. Helping yourself in that way too, to not pile on more anxiety on top of yourself about the 
situation. Courtney, I feel as if this was our holiday gift yes. to the Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian audience. And I'm sorry if we got it to you a little bit early. <laughs> but sometimes people get excited right. to be able to open that one gift. Or a little bit late because this is going to be after Thanksgiving. Right. right. So they might be like, well, where were you the other day? I could have used your help for Thanksgiving. Well, to be totally honest with you, this podcast is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> exactly. So don't worry. There's more to come there. There's more to come, baby. You can always reach out to me if you have any questions, wellness at wctk.com. And don't forget, we have lots of great resources, wellness 411 page. We also have Coping on the Couch. We have our link up there too, catcountry.com, wellness 411 page. Socials at Cat Country Mornings, individual pages, Courtney with the C, Kelly EY, Bedard sometimes, sometimes not. <laughs> sometimes not. Brian with an I, Mulhern, H-E-R-N. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. And of course, you can find the podcast, Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, your smart devices. But what you really need to do is give the gift of coping on the couch to somebody else who yes. needs it, and especially this time of year. Exactly. I think that's a great idea. Courtney, I'm off to eat like an absolute <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I hope you can enjoy your day. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> and we'll see all of you next time on Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I want to